Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to the Three and Out Podcast, episode 26. I'm your host today, Moneymaker Chris, and I got a very special guest here joining me here today, making her podcasting debut. My good friend, um, the one and only Miss Amber Smith. Amber, how you doing here tonight? Good. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great. So glad to have you on the show. You know, we, we go back a long way. We go back to our high school days, our Carol days, and here we are. Look at us now here doing this podcast. It's awesome. Oh. <laughs> Eight date us, but like 20 years, like 10th grade. Exactly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, before we, so, before, so before we get um, started here, um, tell people a little bit about yourself. People listen to you for the first time. Tell people a little bit about yourself. Um. Well, like, well, as we just said, we went to high school together. So I'm a DC native, born and raised, Anacostia Ward 8. Um, I love sports, particularly college and pro football. Um, don't really watch basketball too much until it gets closer to postseason, like the divisionals, things like that. Um, I'm actually a baseball fan, too. I um, keep up with that. Um, not as much as I'd like, but I keep up with it more than baseball. But I just love sports. Um, went to Michigan State, currently at LSU. So go Tigers, you know, go State, go Spartans, party on. And I'm just glad to be here. And thanks for having me, Chris. Excellent. Excellent. I love it, love it, love it. That's a great, great little introduction there. But I'm ready to get started with the show here. Ready to get started. Okay. All right. So lots going on um, in the NFL. I mean, before we get into like the games and everything, let's get into this. The elephant in the room, this whole stuff with John Rudin. Now, I first heard about this um, whole situation with these emails and everything. I believe it was last Friday um, when the news first broke. Because um, he made state, um, these emails came out from, I think, about 10, about 10 years ago. These emails came out. Um, and one of the comments he made was about um, one of the um, heads, one of the executives of the Players Association. His name is... Um, Morris Smith, um, he made comments in the email, and this is what this and he's quoted as saying this. He said, Morris Smith has lift the size of Michelin, um, Michelin tires. And I'm like, wow, I mean, that's just so offensive and just so, just so wrong, just so wrong. And that kind of led to this whole firestorm. And then last night, we got all this information about all this, you know, all these different emails that have been coming out. And some of the homophobic stuff he was saying, and saying something about the female referees, and he was saying something about um, that Michael um, Sam guy um, that was drafted for the Rams, I think about in 20, 2010. And just, and then ultimately he ended up stepping down. He ended up resigning. And he made a statement, I believe I have it here. I'm trying to pull it up here. Let me see what he said. He basically said, I've resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I love the Raiders, but not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, fans of Raider Nation. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt anyone. And it's just been a complete firestorm after that. Everybody's been talking about it. It's been all on ESPN. I think it was on Good Morning America. And it's just been just, it's just a mess. And it's just so unfortunate, this whole situation. But Amber, how do you how do you how do you feel about this whole situation? How do you feel about how this whole thing like been playing out over this past past few days? I was saying that to me it sounds 
more like he's sorry that he got caught than it does that he sounds sorry that he did it based mm-hmm. on that that you just read. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. That's like a blanket statement. And it's so, but it just, it doesn't have, it doesn't feel like it has any meaning to it. Like that's all you can say. Sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. Yeah. Very, very true. It's, it, he sounds so unapologetic because we just thought it was just that once that they made about Smith, but, but it's like a whole bunch, like I said, it's like thousands and thousands of emails that they went through and found even more stuff that he had been saying. And he made a comment about um Eric Reed when they were um when they were doing the whole um stuff with Colin Kaepernick, he made some comments about that. And it was it's just a bad, bad situation. And even um they were talking with um Keyshawn Johnson, who was on our first day today, and he was saying, because he played with him when he was in uh, Tampa Bay, and he was basically saying that he's basically, he's two-faced. He's basically one of those people that will smile in your face and, you know, tell you you're great, you're this, that, and the third, and behind your back, you know, he's, you know, stabbing you in the back with a knife. They said he's, and he's, and he's gone on record for saying that for a while now, because they was talking about different times he'd been on TV and was talking about how he was, you know, basically a snake. He was, you know, backstabbing people. And now you see this story. Now you kind of kind of see where he was coming from with that. But it's just it's just so so unfortunate. Because he was one of my favorites. I I enjoyed I enjoyed watching him coach and watching him on uh, Monday Night Football and everything. And now to see him come to this, like Stephen A. Smith said this morning, he he's he's done. He's not gonna get another coaching job. I don't see him getting any um like Monday Night Football job again, or one of those jobs in the booth, or one of those jobs um, on TV, or anything. He's basically done. This is pretty much the end. This is the last we've seen of John Root. And it's so unfortunate. It is. And, and this hits home for us, Chris, because he he's a close associate with Bruce Allen, who used to mm-hmm. be the president of WFT, formerly known mm-hmm. as Washington Skins. And I didn't know how close they were until today, actually, when I was reading. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how close they were. So now I'm questioning the hiring of his brother as the head coach, Jay Gruden. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking back hindsight, you know, on that area and earlier so mm-hmm. i'm just it's just you know was there maybe even some nepotism in there which is another form of privilege with mm-hmm. the hiring of jay gruden you know because bruce allen hired him mm-hmm. and he's with his big brother john so i wonder if nepotism played out in that and um it's just sad that, you know, that I think the NFL is, I think this just, you know, it's just another reason to state that the NFL is not as progressive as it should and needs to be. And can be yeah. if they, you know, put all the right measures in place and do what it is that they need to do in order to be a a professional organization of integrity. 
Well said. I couldn't have said it any better myself because those two go back to when he was in Tampa and I believe the first stint when he was in um back when they were the Oakland Raiders. Um I think um Bruce Adams he was in the front office front office then. So those two go back. So it, it kinda it all kind of ties into Bruce Allen, John Gruden, Jay Gruden. It's all kind of cause I think that's um one of the things that it was saying that well when they were doing the investigation for the um, Washington football team, I think that's how the, all these emails and everything came out. How some of these conversations and stuff came out. And it's just, it's just crazy. And you, and the crazy thing about it is, I wouldn't be shocked because one of the things they were talking about, they said you probably, it's probably like a domino effect where it's obviously more than just John Gruden. I'm guarantee you, at some point, we may see some other names come up we may because they said they went through a lot like thousands and thousands and thousands of emails so i guarantee you john gruden wasn't the only jilty cope john allen um i mean not john allen john um gruden and uh, bruce allen are the only guilty culprits in all of this i can guarantee you that if you go through some of those emails you may see some other names come out down the line as well so it's definitely something we're gonna you know have to keep an eye on because i guarantee we have not heard heard the end of this oh yeah we're probably just you know, we're probably at the beginning of a very, very, very long book of things, you know, that have taken place in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, not even a quarter of the way through. And, mm-hmm. you know, no, no pun intended with, you know, first quarter, things like that. But, um, as it relates to football. But I just... Yeah, I definitely think it's a domino effect for sure. I mean, because mm-hmm. uh, NFL is a very privileged organization mm-hmm. and has had a culture of tolerance for decades mm-hmm. and tolerated things that should not be tolerated. Mm-hmm. And like now, it's you know, it's come where people aren't tolerating it anymore, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Definitely. The intolerance train is moving in society, and the NFL either needs to get on board or stay at the station and get left behind. It's up to them. Yeah. So, it, so, I mean, it's just, you know, they've just, and when you're part, you know, when you, you know, when you're accustomed to privilege, you know, privilege and tolerance, you know, that can go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Life without either. So it's definitely going to be a learning curve because John Gruden may not even see himself as racist. He may not even mm-hmm. see that as racist. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people that, you know, are in situations where something like this happens, you know, they, they, they'll they be the first ones to tell you, oh, I'm not racist. No, I don't see color or anything like that. And just try to try to hide behind stuff like this, and it's it, and it goes so much further than just you know them first comments that he made about Smith 
were clearly racist and offensive. Then he's made some sexist comments here. He made some homophobic comments here. So we just he's like basically covering all the bases. He's not just he's definitely not discriminating. I mean, he's like racist, homophobic, sexist, all in these emails and everything. He just pretty much covered all the bases. It's just it's just so unfortunate. It's very so so unfortunate. Yeah. They really, it literally broke last night on on Monday Night Football when they finally, you know, decided you know these last emails came out and um he decided to resign because I I can't really imagine how the players and stuff felt um Sunday in the game because that game they 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 were awful in that game. I can only imagine that probably was the last thing on their mind during that game was football when the um things first broke out on Friday about Smith and then this hit the fan last night. Like, right during the game, right during the Colts-Ravens game, right in the middle of the game, Adam Sheffield came on there and broke this news that um, Gruden had had resigned. It's just like, wow. It's just, like, un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. We surely have not heard the last of this situation. There's definitely going to be more to come in the coming days, in the coming weeks, in the coming months. There's definitely going to be more, more to this story. Definitely. So, we shall see. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You would think people would know better than to say things like that. That's what makes it so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, why you actually think it's okay to speak that way. Like, that way of speaking is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You feel that confident in those emails to be able to have a conversation like that and just let all these, you know, racial slurs and homophobic slurs and sexist, you know, terms and stuff just fly like that. You feel that comfortable and confident without, you know, any repercussions, even though he wasn't working for the NFL at the time, but just still, you're having these conversations. I didn't split that during the time when he was um, still doing Monday Night Football, but it's just crazy. He felt that comfortable and that like, privilege to be able to just talk like that and just figure like, hey, you know, nothing's going to happen to me. And now look at it. Ten years later, it's coming back to fighting. Yeah, and it's... And I was reading something this morning where he didn't, like, he did he said he didn't mean to be racist or he wasn't even thinking mm-hmm. about racism when he made mm-hmm. the comment about Smith's lips and it's mm-hmm. like how can you say that? You can't anytime like we've had racial comments as black people about our lips, mm-hmm. about our dresses, mm-hmm. about skin color and our skin complexions. So how could you think that comparing a black person's lips to a tire is not racist. Clearly it's all about the size because tires are not small and you're talking about the size of his lips and saying that they're as big as Michelin tires. That's absolutely racist. Mm-hmm. And it so disrespectful and so demeaning and dehumanizing and when i say dehumanizing i mean on john gruden's part not smith's part because it's not sad for him at all it's sad for john gruden well said well said it's just one of those unfortunate instances and said this 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 is it for him he he is done he won't coach again he won't nothing else will we won't see him in the NFL anymore. And it's just um it's unfortunate. It's just really unfortunate. It's very, 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 very sad, you know, to hear all this stuff come out. 
You, you can't in this day and age in 2021, you can't make those type of racist, sexist, homophobic type of comments. It's just it's a different time, it's a different age. I mean that, that, that was acceptable at any time period, but definitely in this day and age, that is just a it's a big no-no. How did he think that that was acceptable to say? Like how like I like I say, and to be that comfortable and just thinking like, you know, hey, that's what's gonna happen to me, you know, we just we just trading emails back and forth. That's why you gotta be. I was talking about somebody this last night. You gotta be very careful in this day and age what you put out there because it'll last forever. Stuff that you put in emails and on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that stuff lives on forever. So you got to be very, very, very careful what you put out there because it will follow you. It will and it will come back to bite you at the wrong time, just like it did here with um, John Gruden. Yeah, and I was one of those kids, you know, like you're saying, it's a legendary coach. Mm-hmm. I remember it was with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One. Chucky. <laughs> yeah. And like with Warren Sapp. I think Warren Sapp was playing with the Bucks at the time. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just remember all that because I remember they were like the – if I'm not mistaken, at that time, they were the sleeper team. You never heard about Tampa winning anything. Mm-hmm. It was like all about the Ravens. And um, I think the Patriots were like on the rise at that time. Um, or about to, you know, be the team that they, you know, were for, you know, the like the last decade. And it was like, wow, Tampa? Because I remember, I was like, they're not going to win this game. They are not going to win the Super Bowl. I'm surprised they even made it this far, and then they won. It was like such a big deal. It was. It was. They had a very good defense. Um, Brad Johnson was the quarterback. He used to play in Washington, too. But they had him as quarterback. I believe Key, yeah, I believe Keyshawn Johnson was on that team. They, like I said, Warren Sapp was on that team. I think Tiki Barber was on that team, I believe. They had a very good team, but it was one of those teams that you, like you said, they, we weren't really talking about them as being, like, legit contenders. It was one of those teams that had been, like, awful for you. Now, they had Tony um, Dungy there, and he he helped with that defense and everything, but John Gruden helped, hopefully helped get them over the hump and win a Super Bowl, and Tony Dungy even on to the Colts and won one there with Peyton, but Tampa was one of those teams, like you said, they weren't really, weren't really talking about them at the time, and for them to go up against um, I think it was Oakland. Oakland at the time with uh, Rich Gannon, the Gary Rice, Tim Brown was on that team. Nobody expected Tampa Bay to win that Super Bowl, but they they ultimately did. I think that was around two thousand two, two thousand three, I believe. Yeah, that was a good that was a good team, very good team. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, any other thoughts on um Gruden before we move on? Anything else? That's it. Okay. Cool. All right, so get on to something, you know, a little more positive, a little more, so, you know, the some stuff we kind of had to start to show off with. But um, the games, um, we're up to week, um, we just finished up week five, we're going into week six. Um, Just your overall thoughts, Amber, how have you felt about um the games so far this season? It's still early. Oh, first off, even before that, this is the first um 17-game season. We, you know, we, all our time watching football, it's been six, in our lifetime, it's been 16 games. How do you feel about them finally having a... Um, it's because they've been talking about it for a while. How do you feel about them having a 17-game season? Yeah. 
Um, let's see, seventeen games. It's. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, I think, of course, on one, you know, I think the more the merrier. The more, mm-hmm. football, you know, I always feel like the season is just too short. You know, off season, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh man, oh man, like I miss my football. I'm ready for it to come back, but I love summertime because I'm off from school and it's like, well, when football comes back, that means it's like back to school and I never want to go back to school. So, you know, and I always want summer to like stay around forever. So I'm pretty much insatiable when it comes to like off season, but um, it's just, but I think that 17 weeks, well, I think the pros is it it extends the season, but the con of that could be how does that affect the postseason mm. and the preparation for like the teams who make it into the playoffs. You know, how does that affect their turnaround time from when the season ends to starting? You know, preparing for playoffs, actually playing the playoffs, and then going to the divisional championships and then ultimately the Super Bowl. Like how does that affect, you know, and will one week make much of a difference or not enough difference or, you know, not much difference at all in terms of um, not separation, but in terms of rest, because players do need rest. I mean, they play hard. So I do mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Because what what they basically did was they took away one preseason game and added one more game that actually counts. So instead of getting four preseason games, we get three preseason games and we're getting one more regular season game, which is okay because I always felt like you need the preseason because I've, a lot of people talk about the preseason. Oh, it doesn't count. You know, guys get injured and everything. But I still feel you need that practice. You need to get that in-game action. You need to actually get in there and get some hits and everything. Because you, you go in there like week one and you haven't had any playing time. You haven't been hit or anything like that. You've just been practicing in pads and everything. It's not It's not the same. It's going to take a time to kind of get going. So, as I always said, at least two to three preseason games. Got to get some practice in, get some actual in-game action in. And I think that's that's ultimately, ultimately what's best, I think, moving forward. Because they've been talk- they've been talking about this for a while now. They've been talking about a 17 game season, 17 game season, 17 game season, but they finally went through with it. And at some point, I wouldn't be surprised if it's an 18 game season. They were talking <laughs> soon after they announced the 17 game. They were talking about that. So, yeah, I definitely think it's a, it's a, it's a, it actually makes for an interesting thing, and that's what we put you know doing stuff like this. You know, I do with my you know blog and everything. It's more tight chances to talk football. But you're right. Like come postseason time, how's it gonna have an effect? Because guys are gonna be you know that extra. Yeah, guys are gonna be guys are gonna be more out because those guys, like I said, they, they they put their bodies on the line. They, 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 they take a beat throughout the course of the season. They had to play that extra game to see how guys, you know, look moving forward. So it's gonna be interesting, very interesting. But I I, 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 I like the concept though. Like I said, for us as fans, more football for us. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, mm-hmm. that's definitely a positive. It's definitely a plus. You know, for us to get more football, even if it's just one game. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. 
Um, did you did you get to see anything about that game last night between the Ravens and the Colts? Did you get to see any highlights or anything about that? That was that, that was a game. Did you hear anything about that game from last night? Yeah, I um, I was actually watching it. I didn't watch it as much as I wanted to because I was doing some cleaning, like extensive cleaning around my apartment. So that took up way more time than I wanted it to. It's like an all day thing, not just all day Sunday, but all day Saturday. But I did catch some of it and I actually wasn't surprised at all. I actually expected the Ravens to win. They're actually doing pretty good this year. They are. They they are four and one. They won that game 31 to 25. I, I had them winning that game, but when they were down there for a while, because at one point it was 22 to like nine. I was like, oh my God, what's going on with the Ravens? But Lamar Jackson, he he put that team on his back. The first half, he was just so-so, but that second half, he threw for over 300 yards. He finished with 442 passing yards, his first 400 passing yard game, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 37 for 43. And he just put on his Superman cape and he said, I'm, you know, I'm going to carry this team. The victory, because people always talk about him. You know, he's the, obviously he's the running quarterback and everything, using his legs and everything, and it came all questioning his throwing. He clearly showed here he can definitely fling, he can definitely fling that football. Um, how do you feel about Lamar Jackson as a player? Oh, I think he's great. He's been showing his talent since rookie year. Mm-hmm. He definitely I, has. He, he's great. I'm actually a fan of his. As much of a fan as a Washington football team fan can be of a Ravens player, I'm actually a fan. So, I mean, I can't be too much of a fan, of course, but, you know, I am a fan. I give him his props, you know, and things like that. But, um, yeah, when I first started seeing him play his um, rookie year, I was like, yeah, he's definitely – got some talent, and he has nowhere to go but up. And he's not even starting at a bad spot. He's actually starting at a pretty good spot. He was pretty good. Like, he just – I just thought that because, I mean, because they actually chose him as the starter over RG3. So anytime you, you know, choose a rookie over a, you know – uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. I don't want to use the word seasoned or veteran. Maybe more seasoned who's been in the league longer than you have. You know, that's pretty much saying something, I think. Mm-hmm. It definitely is because once once Joe Flacco left and he was on like the back end of his career, it was just Lamar and RG3. So he basically handed over the key to Lamar and said, hey, this is your team. You are you are the guy now. And he has not let him down. He's won the MVP, the MVP season. They, I still thought they should have won the Super Bowl that year because the way they were playing, the way they were operating, they should have definitely at least gotten to the Super Bowl that year. But I think at some point, at some point or another, he's definitely going to get the Ravens to the Super Bowl. They have a very good team. I love the way they run their offense. And they got a good thing going over there, and he reminds—he's like to me—he's like a modern-day Michael Vick. 
And even Michael Vick has said he figured at this point in his career, he figures he said that he is a lot better than what he was because Lamar is he's, he's something special. He's something very, very, very special. And he's going to be in this league for a long time to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a good game. Um, Tom Brady. Now, I know a lot of people give him a lot of flack for a variety of different reasons. You know, the whole Flake Gate and you know, Spy Gate and all this different stuff. People give him a lot of slack. But you, you got to give credit to where credit is due. The guy is just playing out of his mind right now. He's currently leading the league in passing yards at 1,767. And he had another big game against uh, Miami. I believe he threw for five. He threw five touchdown passes in that game. They won 45 to 17 against Miami. And he threw, yeah, he threw for 411 yards, five touchdown passes, 30 for 41. It's, it's amazing what he's doing at his age at 44 years old. It's unbelievable. You can say what you want about him. People can think a lot they want about him, but you. You got to give credit where credit is due. He's what he's doing. We probably will never, we'll never see another guy at his age. I mean, you could never say never, but I don't think we're gonna see in our lifetime another guy at his age playing at this high of a level. But um, how do you feel about um the way Tom Brady is playing and what he's doing at his age? How do you, how do you feel about uh, Mr. Brady? I was just going to say that he's playing better than guys half his age who are young enough to kiss. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I remember, like, just to, speaking of never say never, I remember when Brett Favre was still playing. Oh, yeah, and my God. And he went to the Vikings, and they mm-hmm. went to the national championship. They should have made it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because of him that they didn't. The other team did not play fair. And I think it was like bounties, the issue with the bounties. Yeah, Saints, yeah, Bounty Gate. Mm-hmm. Is that who it was? Is that who it was with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was the Saints. Yeah, it was with the Saints. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, like, wow, he's 40. And he had, he had a grandchild. He was a grandfather playing in the NFL. I, like, that was unheard of. And I remember thinking, like, wow, that's a once in a lifetime thing. Like, that cannot be topped. Like, because 40, like, 30 used to be considered old when playing any professional sport. Mm-hmm. Like, 30 was considered old. And it's like, wow, he's 40. And then, like, he came back for another year, 41. I was like, wow, like, this is rare. It's, you know, it's not going to happen again. But here we are with Tom Brady who's 44 and is showing no signs of slowing down and like is not really showing that he needs to slow down like he really doesn't need to like it's just amazing just it is and you know social norms societal norms I, I think it's cool I wasn't a fan of his when he was with the Patriots but, you know, like you said, you got to give credit where credit is due. And he has a talent, a rare talent. And he is just 
a once in a lifetime talent. Like there will never be another Tom Brady. And I still think like there was, there's never going to be like another Brett Favre. There's always those greats, but it's just a different kind of talent. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, both are great talents, but it's just a different kind of talent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a perfect example right there. Cause he's one of my all time favorites. Brett Favre was amazing. He was durable. He, like I said, that last year with the Vikings, he was, he was phenomenal. They shouldn't, if it hadn't been for that whole bounty gate with the Saints, they, they could have definitely won a, won a Super Bowl. But what Tom Brady is doing, it seems like since he's been in Tampa, he seems like a totally different person. He seems like he's more relaxed. He's having more fun. He's loose. He's joking around. He seems like maybe, you know, the whole Patriot way, you know, with Belichick and everything, you know, they want you, Belichick wants you to do things a certain way and kind of stay in line and you got to do things the Patriot way. He went to Tampa Bay with Bruce Aarons and company and he just, just seems like a totally different person. He seems like more black. He's having fun. He just seems like a whole new man down there, down there in Tampa Bay right now. Yeah. And he's definitely going to set records. Like maybe, maybe he'll have the record for the longest you know, because he surpassed Brett Favre. Brett Favre had the type of talent where he to, you know, be the first and only player to beat every single team in the NFL. At the mm-hmm. time, he had beat every single team because he left Green Bay. And then when he went to Minnesota, they beat Green Bay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, was you know, he was able to beat every single team. I don't think that'll happen again. And now Tom Brady, he'll do something that'll never happen again. But that's just another comparison, like the whole different types mm-hmm. of talent. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's funny you mentioned that. There's only four quarterbacks that have beaten every team in the NFL. Favre was one. Brady did it this year when he beat uh, New England. Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. Those are the only four quarterbacks that have beaten every team in the NFL. And I think that's the record those four guys will hold. I don't see anybody else touching that. Those are the only four guys that have beaten every team in the league. That's 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 impressive right there. That's very impressive the thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing with um Tampa, um Antonio Brown, he seems to have found himself again because at one point this guy was when he was in Pittsburgh, he was one of the top receivers in the league. And he had all the off-the-field issues, all the drama, all the craziness that was going on with him. He's gotten with Tom Brady, and he's, he's been cooking. I mean, this game, he had uh, seven catches for 124 yards, two touchdowns, and it just seems like him being there with Brady's just kind of kind of helped him. So they brought him in last year. He did pretty good from there, but now he had a whole off-season to adapt and to be with the team and everything. And he seems like he's He's found himself again. Um, any thoughts on Antonio Brown? Are you a fan of his game? Any thoughts on him? Yeah, I actually thought he was. I thought he was on fire in Pittsburgh. I mean, mm-hmm. his talent was just—it was just out of this world. And um, and then, like you said, he did have the off-the-field issues, and you know, and so maybe he just you know, needed that time to get himself together and, you know, whatever 
you know, whatever, you know, needed to happen. Maybe, you know, that happened. And now he's in Tampa and he's doing well. And, you know, I hope it continues. You know, I hope he, you know, continues to do well. Um, I think if anything, he'll just get better. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you not get better when you're playing with someone like Tom Brady? I mean, look at what he did with Roethlisberger. And Roethlisberger is a good quarterback. But, I mean, I think that Tom Brady is the better quarterback between the two. Oh, yeah. So, so, so if he can do what he did with Roethlisberger, imagine what he can do with Brady. And I hope that, you know, whatever happened, off the field issues, I don't know what happened. But I hope at the very least there was a lesson to be learned from it and he learned from it and he applies it to his life for the rest of his life going forward. Mm-hmm. And it definitely seems like he has because when he came that last year that um Brady was in New England and he they brought him over there, I think he played like one game, one or two games. I think he played at least a game before he um where they let him go and he played like really well. He literally like came off the street. It was there after that game. He had like a couple of touchdowns and everything. And Brady was, you know, sticking up for him. He was, you know, when he, when he was going through all the stuff, you know, his off-field issues and everything, he invited him to his house. And, hey, you know, you can stay here. Me and everything, he really fought for him and stood by him. And I think he fought for him to come to Tampa, too. So when you have somebody like that on your side, that says a lot. And to see the results is is unbelievable. And I'm happy for him because, he, like I said, he was, one time he was one of the top receivers in the league and he and he showed that especially that first game of the season the um, when they played um Dallas. I said, okay, this is like the old Antonio Brown. He just continued just to continue to get better. And, I, and I'm happy for him. Hopefully he learned his lesson and he's getting back on track. You like to see success stories like that in sports. You really do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now let's go over to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um Right now they're sitting at two, two and three, and then they're gonna play our team um, coming up this week. But they got beat by the Bills on um, Sunday Night Football. It was thirty-eight to twenty. Um, Josh Allen, another big game, uh, three hundred fifteen passing yards, three touchdowns in the win against Kansas City. And um, Holmes wasn't too bad. I mean, he was he, he was thirty-three for fifty-four for two hundred seventy-two yards, two touchdowns, but he threw two picks. Now the Chiefs, they've been, they've been not looking as the offense has looked pretty good, but the defense has been like awful for them this year. So I don't know what's going on in Kansas City, but they don't seem to be be as invincible. I mean, it's still early; there's still a lot of football left. But are you worried about Kansas City? You think they're going to get it together, or how do you how do you feel about Kansas City and um, Patrick Mahomes in the crew? Yeah, I'm worried about them. That game. That- <laughs> Last few games that they've been having, I have been more disappointed than I have been surprised that they've lost. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl last year. They were in the Super Bowl the year before last and won. And then they came back the following year and didn't win. That was their time to win back to back, and they didn't. It just seems like they're going downhill. This is like LSU right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only thing I can compare it to. 
2019. This was both of them at the same time, actually. Year before last. Kansas City won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. LSU National Championship the same year. And then last year, only LSU didn't do as well. Kansas City did well. They did. They got to the Super Bowl. And then they, and now both, and now this year, both teams are just not doing well right now. LSU is just not going to do well. I don't think that, you know, and I really hate to say that because that's my school right now, but I just have to be honest. Kansas City, they, Kansas City has more time because they have a longer season. So they have more time to get it together. But I'm just disappointed because I like the Chiefs. I want them to play well and do well. And so I am not, this is not, and then Andy Reid, it's just, you know, like I don't want this on him. He's waited for a Super Bowl for so long and he got it, you know, he was in Philadelphia for so long and then that didn't end well. I don't want this, I don't want history to repeat itself in that way for him. Because he is such a good coach. And I don't want that for him. So I really want them to, you know, I just hope that this is just, you know, the beginning. And that, you know, they'll get better, you know, as they go through the season. Because sometimes, you know, some teams do get off to a rough start. And then, you know, they've gone on to the Super Bowl. That has happened before. But um, I'm not so sure that will happen with the Chiefs again this year. But I do believe that they can improve and get to the playoffs. I believe that. But I am, Go ahead. I am still worried because um, there's some strong teams out there that they have to deal with, especially in the AFC, in their conference. So it's not going to be easy for them. Like, this is not going to be like maybe the last two seasons are probably going to be cakewalks in comparison to this season. Like, this season is going to be harder, I think, than the last two seasons they've had. I mean, no season is easy. Football is a tough sport to play. I don't minimize that, but sometimes. You know, when you get accustomed to winning streaks and then the winning streaks end, that can make the game harder. Very true. Very, very well said on that. You're very passionate about that. I can tell on that what I like and I like and I like. But it started last year with them with this, in that Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. He was basically running for his life. He had no protection. The offensive line just fell flat. He was running for his life that Tampa Bay defense was no joke. They get a lot of pressure on him. And now coming into this season, the offense is – I'm not too worried about the offense because they got a lot of great weapons on that offense. They just put in uh, Josh Gordon. So hopefully he's a guy that has a lot of talent, a lot of potential. He's another guy with his off-the-field issue. But when he's focused, he is another weapon for Patrick Mahomes. But I heard Travis Kelsey, he got hurt. I heard Tyreek Hill got hurt. The running back – um his name. He got hurt as well. So some of his weapons are, are down right now, and then the defense has been a little suspect. So you definitely have a reason to be concerned concerned about them, but 
I just feel there's too much talent on that team for them not to figure it out. And you have Andy Reid there, and you have Eric Benamy, the um, offensive uh, coordinator. There's a lot of there's a lot of talent, a lot of smart minds over there. So I'm sure they're gonna figure it out. Sometimes it's not always how you start; it's how you finish. But yeah, there's definitely some reason to be concerned with Kansas City because you got some you got some good teams like the Chargers, the Ravens, uh, Cleveland's good. The Bengals have been playing pretty good. You got some. The AFC is very strong right now, so Kansas City definitely has to has to get it together, or they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be in trouble. I think they'll still definitely make the playoffs, but it's no it's they're no lock to make the Super Bowl right now. Let they make some serious adjustments moving forward. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into the Green Bay Packers. Now the first week, everybody was freaking out. They got blown out by the Saints. I mean, it was it, it was ugly. Everybody was ready to write them off because the whole offseason was nothing but, you know, drama with Aaron Rodgers. Was he going to stay? Was he going to go? Was he going to get traded? And I think that definitely had an effect on them in the opening opening week. But um, cause we, the, we, the way things were looking, like he did not want to be in Green Bay, he didn't show up to any of the mini camps or anything like that. He was out, you know, on vacation. He saw pictures and stuff online. He was having himself a good time. He was out there living his living his best life. And it looked like he was not going to show back up. But they finally worked things out. He ended up coming back. But that, that first game against the Saints, the score was, let me see, let me see. Yeah, 38-3. to three. Say again? Game might as well have been a shutout. It was terrible. Oh hey, my host. god! Awful, awful. Thirty-eight to three. I mean, he, they, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. He looked like he didn't even. He looked like he didn't even want to be there. That was so embarrassing. I mean, he was one fifteen for twenty-eight, one hundred thirty-three yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. That game was awful. I mean, that was that was that was a beatdown. That was embarrassing. Embarrassing. It should have been. If anything, it should have been a wake-up call to him. Because you can't just be on a yacht chilling at chilling at the beach, whatever you're doing, taking selfies, and then ex- and miss OTAs and whatever they do during off season, and then just mm-hmm. show up the field and play ball and expect to win. Mm-hmm. Not when all other te- your opponent your, your opponent has been working and practicing all summer long. You, you can't expect to do that. You can't expect to do that and expect to be be successful. But ever since then, ever since that game, they've been rolling. They've won four in a row. They had a that game against Cincinnati this past week was a very good game. Came down to the wire. It was um 25-22 Packers. So that game just seemed like a blip on the radar because the way they were looking, I said, man, I said they're gonna be. <laughs> Not making the playoffs that we're looking for a top draft pick. It 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 was it was ugly. It was very ugly. But do you see them kind of being back on track now? Like I said, they won four in a row. Do you see them being back on track now? You think they're gonna be okay moving forward? Well, this happened before. It was not too long after Brett Favre left. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers took over as starting quarterback. And mm-hmm. they got a very bad start. And Aaron Rodgers was in a press conference telling people to calm down. Relax. 
track the answer is yes i mean they've been playing strong ball ever since they this has happened to them before and they've recovered it's happening again and it looks like they're recovering again do i think they're going to win a super bowl not necessarily but i mean they may win their division or they may come in second in their division they may you know go to the playoffs possibly you know mm-hmm. I don't know how good of a season they'll have, but they'll have a good one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we know Aaron Rodgers. He's he when he's focused and he wants to play, he's he's easily one of the top quarterbacks in the league. He's that he's that bad man that Stephen A. Smith always talks about. He when he's focused and wants to play, he he's he's an elite quarterback. He definitely is. So that game, like I said, that was just a blip on the radar, and they seem to be seem to be on a mission showing that hey, you know, that was just a fluke. That was just one game, and now we are. Now we are back, back on track. Well, I definitely think they're on track to make the playoffs in their um, division. They got the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions in that division. I think they don't have too much to, too much to worry about right there. But um, I hate, I hate, I hate to do this. You know, we both obviously, obviously Washington football fans. I hate to, hate to do this, but i have to talk about those cowboys um they're currently four and one they beat the giants uh last week 44 to 20. Dak prescott he's been looking really good um coming off that ankle injury and the shoulder injury that was another big thing they were talking about during the off season the big thing with them is this this defense this defense is playing really well this um this Diggs guy um what's his name Trayvon Diggs he's had like I think in like five games he's had like six interceptions in five games so that's that was their biggest issue last year their defense last year was awful terrible 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 of course Dak went down too so that didn't didn't help them but with Dallas we've seen this with them before I've seen this with them before where they'll Win early on. They'll win in September, October, November. Then come December and everything, they're a totally different team. I'm gonna ask you this: um, Do you think Dallas is for real? Is this the time that they finally get over the hump, or just just another, you know, typical Cowboys? <laughs> typical Cowboys. You know, I hate giving that team a compliment. I know. I, I, it pains me. I know, I know. It pains me. It's like vinegar in my mouth. I hate to have to say this. I hate to have to say good things about this team, but I got to give the devil their due, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's like, you know, they get to the top of the hump, and that's where they stay. And if they move mm-hmm. all, it's da- it's it's in reverse. Like, mm-hmm. they, you know, so, I mean... I'm not sold on them. I will never be sold on them. Like, I will never, ever, ever, ever be sold on them. But I'm just, I got to see it to believe it. And until I see it, I can't say what they're going to do. Like, Mm -hmm. that is, like, they are so unpredictable that they are predictable. Mm -hmm. Like, the. See what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. I get you. I get you. Like, you just don't know what they're going to do, but you know they're either going to do or not do something. You don't. You just don't know which way it's going to go. You know it's going to go some way. You just don't know which way exactly. Mm-hmm. Very true. Like Stephen A. Smith always said, you know, what can go wrong will go wrong with the Cowboys. Just, 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 just wait. There's an accident waiting to happen. Because we, I've, we've seen, I've seen this many a time. They've had the best record in the NFC. They've had home court advantage. They make the playoffs. They win the division. They get to the playoffs. And don't do nothing. Or they have a really good season, and the next season they don't do anything. They haven't even they since '96. They won, I think, like three playoff games, and not even in the same same season. And they haven't been to an NFC Championship game since the '90s. I want to say '95, '96, since they've been even been to the NFC Championship game. So, like you said, I have to see it to believe it. Yes, they're playing good. Yes, Dak Prescott is playing good. Yes, this defense is playing better. I've been, I got, I got to admit, this, this Diggs guy that they have, he's been, he's been impressive. Like, I got to give credit with dude. He, he seems like they got a um, real good one with him. But I have to, be, I, I, I have to believe it when I actually see it. I have to actually see them get to the playoffs, win multiple playoff games, actually get to an NFC Championship game, get to the Super Bowl, and I say, okay, then I can say, okay, they're legit. Because well, I said, oh, they'll have a good season this year. They'll do all that this year, and next year they'll go. They'll win like four games. There's like no consistency with them. Is they're just so up and down. I, I, I know that's our, you know, our bias in there as well. Because you know, obviously we're Washington fans, but still, I got the evidence speaks for itself when it comes to the Cowboys. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. But they're America's team. Oh yeah, America's team. Everybody loves the Cowboys. Like, oh, it's it's amazing how many Cowboy fans you see. And I'm like, okay, if you don't like Washington, that's fine. But why? A lot of times you see people in the area. You see like, oh, I don't like Washington. Okay, who's your team? Dallas. I'm like, why are these Cowboy fans doing doing around here? Why are y'all? They haven't been as good. I can see if this was like the '90s when they were winning Super Bowls and contenders every year. I don't see why all this love and affection for the Cowboys. I just, I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get this whole America's team stuff. I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't get behind that. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Cowboy fans out there. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> not sorry. Say not sorry after that. Sorry, not, not sorry. sorry. Yeah, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be sorry for saying that. You're absolutely right. You're right about that. You're right. He's <laughs> on the right side. Exactly. Exactly. Um, a few more things here before we wrap up here. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, they're the only remaining undefeated team in the league right now. They're 5-0. and They've been playing some really good ball as of late. Um, Tyler Murray, he continues to play well. He continues to develop as a quarterback. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. One of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the league. Um, they seen that um, Chandler Jones, that first week of the season, he had like five sacks. The Cardinals seemed, I, even last year, I thought that they were a team that was gonna, definitely going to be on the roster. They picked up DeAndre Hopkins. I said that's another weapon for Kyler Murray as he continues to develop as a quarterback. And I really saw some things. Now, last year they didn't. They started out good and kind of ended the season not so well. But right now they're looking 
looking pretty strong. I don't know how you feel about the Cardinals, but they seem like a team that's one of those kind of sneaky teams that might kind of sneak up on people. Do you have any thoughts on the Cardinals? How they've been doing so far this season? I feel bad for Larry Fitzgerald because I know he's been waiting for this time to come around again. Exactly. And then he um he he I think he was he was he retired. And then like I said, he should have he should stay there a little longer, at least one more season, because all the years he was there, they had moments here and there that they get to a Super Bowl, but this is I wish he'd have had Kyler Murray and this team now when he was there in his prime. That's the only thing I was thinking of because I was looking at him, I'm like, wow, they are really playing some good football right now. They are undefeated mm-hmm. and they may, you know. I mean, they may, you know, they like this season may be their, you know, rise from the ashes like the Phoenix season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, Arizona Cardinals. But um, mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're just playing really well. And it's just the West Coast, you know, AFC and NFC. I know Arizona's part of the um, NFC, but the NFC and AFC West Coast teams are just really strong. L.A., the Chargers. Um, mm-hmm. That's another team that's really good this year. Both road divisions. Like I said, the, the AFC West with the Chargers, Oakland, oh, my, oh, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, and Denver. And then in the um, NFC West, you have Seattle, the 49ers, the Rams, and Arizona. Those are probably two of the best divisions in all of football with some real talent in there. And those divisions are easily like a toss-up. It's, it's, it's anybody's game when it comes to those divisions. It, it really, really is. Those are two strong divisions. If I had to make a prediction, an early prediction, I would say a West Coast team is in the, in, in the Super Bowl. I don't know mm. which division, but mm-hmm. a West Coast team, I can see one. I can see a West Coast team in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs can get there. The Chargers with Justin Herbert, they've been playing really well. They can get there. You can see the Cardinals getting there. The Rams are loaded on both sides of the ball. Now, Seattle, I would say Seattle, but Russell Wilson is hurt. He hurt his finger last game in the Thursday night game, so he's going to be out for a little while. That might kind of hamper them a little bit. And then 49ers, um, Jimmy G and Trey Lance, they both got hurt, so I don't know about them. But those still still strong division. You, I could definitely see a Super Bowl contender coming out of one of those divisions. It's, it's, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now let's get to our team, the Washington football team. Oh, my God. Um... It's, it's 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 tough being a Washington fan. It, it, it really is. It started off. The, say it again. It is so hard. I just don't. Uh, you can't defend them. You just can't. You You're really, just really left. Can't. Like you just gonna be there for them no matter what. But it's just at the point you can't. You can't say anything about them. Mm-hmm. like like you're you're a Washington football fan and you have to answer to that you do you have to own up to it you have to own up to it. you have to be loyal to you you don't want to be a fair weather fan now they don't understand why you're a fan of a team that just you know doesn't deliver 
It's been a long time. It's been a it's been a long time. And this year they seemed like there was hope because got Ron Rivera there, who I have a lot of respect for. I think he's a great coach. Um this defense was supposed to be one of the things that's supposed to carry this team, but the defense defense has been terrible. I mean, I you got all these talent, all these first round picks on the defense. You got Chase Young. You got Jonathan Allen, you got Devon Payne, you got all this talent on the defensive side of the ball. And they've been they've been horrible. I mean, that game against the Saints, um, they lost 33 to 22. And that the game, because going into halftime, I think it was tied up. And then Jameis Winston throws that Hail Mary pass at the end of the game. Well, not at the end of the game, but at the end of the half. And that just like sucked the life out of the team. And those Hail Mary passes, we've seen them be successful before, but nobody's seen to kind of bat the ball down and everything. And the guy caught the ball relatively easy. If you go back and look at the replay, you know, James Stoves is up there. I forgot the guy's name who caught it. But he caught it pretty much easily. He didn't have to struggle for it, just lobbed it up there, catches it, and that kind of sucked the life out of the team. After the week before, where they looked pretty good against Atlanta, they came back in that game against Atlanta, um, Taylor Heineke, Played well in that game through the winning touchdown pass against um, um, J.D. McKissick. And, of course, they had the game on Thursday Night Football against the Giants where they looked good. But um, how did you – we're talking about Taylor Heineke. How do how you feel about uh, Taylor Heineke as a quarterback? What, what, what's your thoughts on him? Um, I mean, he has a lot to prove still, but at the same time, he is a breath of fresh air compared to the quarterbacks we've had over the past. Yes, he. Yes, he is. Decades, not just. Oh past my God, the long list of quarterbacks we've had. I mean, just the Jason Campbell, the RG three, the Kirk Cousins, the Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. All the different quarterbacks that we've had. So he, you definitely right. He's definitely a breath. A breath of fresh air. And I'm not too, I know some people have been critical of him. I'm not too critical of him because he's, you know, he's been around. He's basically a, basically like a rookie. This is only like his, so he started like six games. He started a game in Carolina with Ron Rivera. He started that playoff game last year, the Giants game, the Bills game, the um, Saints and Atlanta game. So he's only started like six games. He's still learning. I don't expect him to be as experienced as a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Brett Favre. I don't expect him to be that experienced. He definitely plays with a lot of guts, a lot of heart. He's not afraid to throw the ball down the field. I like to see they need to let him play and just continue to develop. I like what I'm seeing out of him. He's making some mistakes. Is he perfect? No. But like you said, he's a run for fresh air compared to what we've had to deal with all these years with these quarterbacks. Oh my gosh, and it and it's um, I mean, we've had, I mean, some of them, you know, you know, they had the talent, but they didn't have mm-hmm. the support. Like Kirk Cousins, he could have been really good had they been consistent and supportive mm-hmm. support that he needs. Like, mm-hmm. but oh my gosh, just like, you know, like RG3, Jason Campbell, you know. Alan Smith. Like, just... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, at one point it got so bad we had Mark Sanchez in <laughs> quarterback. You know, you know. Yeah. You got Mark Sanchez, Mr. Mr. Butt Fumble himself. You know it's bad. Because <laughs> that season, yeah, that was that season Alex Smith broke his leg. We went out there, um, we had Colt McCoy, and he brought, ended up breaking his leg. Both both starting quarterbacks break their legs. And, uh, as right. soon as we got rid of Kirk Cousins. He said Alex Smith. Oh, Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alex Smith. But, yeah, ever since we got rid of Kirk Cousins, it's just been, like I said, Case Keenum, Alex Smith, Haskins, Colt McCoy. Um, Fitzpatrick, till he got hurt, now Taylor Heineke. It's just been an ongoing thing of quarterbacks. And one of the things, like Kirk Cousins, he wasn't perfect, but like you said, he needed the support and cast around him. And another thing people didn't talk about enough about him was he was durable. He did not get hurt. The four seasons he was here where he was the starter, he started every game. Every game. That should count for something. You want a quarterback that's durable. And ever since then, Every year you turn around, the quarterback's been hurt. What can you say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we know the quarterback who got hurt every single game, every single season. We know who that quarterback was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the RG3. Yeah, but, you know. That was just a big mess. I still say, if he had taken the time to properly heal that knee injury, it would have been a totally different story with him. There was a lot of blame to go around. It wasn't just all RG3 when it's all on the coaching staff, when it's all Snyder. It was a lot of blame to go around when it came to RG3. But he, he had to be stopped from himself because he was so determined that second season, all in for week one. If he had set out and properly healed, let Cousins come in and play, I guarantee the way he played that rookie season, he would have got it. I don't care how good Cousins would have played RG3 would have gotten that job back because he came in and was so electrifying that one season. And ever since then, he just he, it wasn't the same. He got hit in that knee, and he was not the same quarterback. And it's so unfortunate because that, 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 that 2012 season was so exciting for RG3. I still got my RG3 jerseys in my closet. I still got my jerseys. But, yeah, that was that was special. But it was just it was just a sad situation with him. Well, I, I um, they were even saying that he got a concussion one season, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then they didn't. Like, there was just, you know, like, he had to be out there. And they, you know, like, they just, you know, like, I believe that they were going to clear him when he really wasn't ready to play. That's what mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Because when he had that concussion, I think it was against Atlanta. They cleared him to play that next game. And I was like, hmm. He really passed concussion protocol that fast? I was wondering about that. He played well in that game, actually. I know the game against um, Vikings where he had that big run. So he did play well in that game. But that knee injury, I don't – I'm still surprised that they were able to clear him. Because they kept saying, like, oh, he healed so fast. and He was superhuman. When he got out there, you could tell he was not ready to be out there. He really, really wasn't. He was not ready. He should have taken the time to properly heal that knee, and his career would have been a much different story. And another thing with him, he didn't know how to slide. He could run and do everything like that, but he didn't know how to slide and get down and protect himself. That's one of the things I like about um, Heineke. He'll go out and he'll run, and you'll see he'll slide. He'll, he'll get his yardage and slide. You see guys like Russell Wilson, he'll run, get his yardage, and slide. 
RB3 could not figure out how to slide. They even brought in people from the National to try to show him how to properly slide. He just couldn't couldn't pick it up for some reason. Did he want to pick it up? That, you know what? You know that that's that's a valid point because he seemed like he got to the point where he was I don't want to say uncoachable, but he was he was kind of doing his own thing because that next that next season he Did went in the, he him and he went in, oh, go ahead go ahead I'm sorry go ahead I, I was saying you you chose the right words he got to that point for sure mm-hmm. he definitely did because he went in that um to the Shanahan that next season because they were running that read option spread type of offense and said no he wanted to be a pocket passer he wanted to be he wanted to be Peyton Manning when he he. Wasn't ready for that. Did he have the potential to be that type of quarterback? Sure. But I think they designed the offense that utilized his skill set that he was running it at um running at Baylor. But he just let he let his ego get the best of him. He really, really did. He really let the success go to his head. And I think once he um he left here with the Cleveland, he set out the season and everything before he came back to the um to the Ravens, I think that was a very humbling experience for him. It really, really was because he was he was on that high. He was you know RG three rookie of the year. Everybody's talking about him, and he really let his ego get the best of him. And this and this is unfortunate because he could have been one of the all time greats. He could have been in the conversation with the, you know, like the Lamar Jacksons and different people like that. But nope, unfortunate. Yep, very. Mm-hmm. Very true, very true, very true. But hopefully our team gets it together. But um as we wrap up here, um some of the games that are coming up for week six. Um tomorrow not tomorrow, but um Thursday, um the um, Buccaneers versus the Eagles. Um you got another London game this week. You got Dolphins versus Jacksonville, Ravens Chargers, you got the Vikings and Panthers, Rams and Giants, Texans and Colts. Packers and Bears, one of the all-time great robberies. Our team, we got Chiefs this week, Lions, Bengals, Cowboys, Patriots, Cardinals, Browns, um, Broncos and Raiders, Bills and Titans on the Monday night game, and the Sunday night game is Seattle and the Steelers. Those are the matchups for week week six. Um, any of those games stick out to you? Any thoughts about the games coming up this week? Um. Well. The Steelers aren't doing well. They stand no, more they, with Russell Wilson being out than they would if he was playing. Um, mm-hmm. Jacksonville, um, no comment. Just goodbye. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, not even on the radar right now, and they are for the wrong reasons on some radars. <laughs> but um. Mm-hmm. Again, there was so the Cincinnati game should be interesting. That should be pretty good. I think I think so because they they that game with the Packers was very close, and even though the Lions haven't won a game, they've been in every game, and they've played very hard. So that could be a game that could go either way. That could be a very interesting game. I wouldn't. I take the Bengals to win that one, but if the Lions got their first win in that game, it would not shock me. Yeah. 
if Detroit has another season, I think they had like a season where they didn't win at all. I think they had a season like that. They did. They were uh, they, them and the Browns. Both of them went zero and sixteen. But they were terrible then. They were real. They weren't playing like they were pl- like they're playing now. No, so, uh, I don't expect that to happen. But they've mm-hmm. had close. That's what I'm saying. It should be pretty interesting. Yeah, because they've been in, even though they haven't won the game, they've been competitive in all of their games. They definitely because that um last week they lost to the Vikings. I think only by like two points. Um, the Ravens game a couple of weeks ago they lost that by like a field goal when Justin Tuck hit that like sixty some yard, sixty three, sixty five yard field goal. So they've been in a lot of their games. So hopefully they get a win. It wouldn't shock me. Like I said, I wouldn't shock me if they won this game. Bears Packers that should be an interesting game. That's like I that's one of the oldest rivalries, not just in football and like all of sports. Anytime those two teams meet up, it's always exciting. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. Mhm. Um, how do you think we're gonna do against Kansas City? Both, both, both. That's gonna be an interesting game. It's easy. Oh, Patrick Mahomes will come in here and like light us up, but our defense is not playing good. Their defense is not playing good. I don't know. It's a whole. It's a game. It's here. It's not in Kansas City, so I don't know how that one's gonna go. That's that's. I don't know. I really don't know. This, this is gonna be a disappointing either way. Yeah, it really is. It, it really is. Explain. Like with Kansas City, their possible fall from prominence. You know. That whole thing and the plan this year, and then the Redskins disappointment is their middle name. Like they've just been mm-hmm. so so long, so many decades. You know, it's gonna be disappointing if either one of them lose. Mm-hmm. Going to be surprising. And both of them are coming in the two and two and three, so. Somebody can end up being two and four after that game. So, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's, gonna, that's not going to be a good look. Split right down the middle. Half, half. Mm-hmm, yeah, that, yeah, that's, 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 that's going to be a very, very interesting one. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Bills, Titans, that's the Monday night game. That should be a good game. Oh, um. Josh Allen and Derrick Henry on the Titans side. I, 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 I like Derrick Henry. I'm taking the Bills on that one. I think. Yeah, definitely got to take the Bills with that one. Definitely. I mean, I mean, the Titans will make it interesting, but Josh Allen and they they got they got a squad over there. They 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 they're the real deal. That's 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 another, that's another team in the AFC. The Bills. You got to watch out for them too. They're they're, they're legit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, some good matchups there for. Here for week um six, but um anything else before we wrap up here tonight? Anything else on mind football wise? Anything else? Oh uh, no, not on my end. I just enjoyed my time here. Thank you again for having me. I enjoyed this podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Um, anything you wanna, anything you mention, anything on your mind, anything else? You so you're good to go. Yep, I'm good to go. I hope that this is 
of course, being a Spartan fan, I hope this is Kirk Cousins' year to show, you know, the world that, you know, I am a good quarterback. <laughs> That's your guy. You're loyal, you're loyal to your Michigan State people. I like that. Yeah. But the problems they've been having this year have not necessarily been him. It's been more defense. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. All right, guys. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at MoneymakerChris as well as Instagram, DC Sports Fan 23, as well as my other page at the Moneymaker315. Check out my website, thecashandexperience.com. Everything is up on there, blog, products, you name it. Everything is up on the website. Um, I'll have my week six picks out uh, probably by tomorrow. Definitely, I'll try to get them out for the Thursday game. So be on the lookout for those. Also, follow this um, podcast's Twitter account at 3andoutpodcast1. I live tweet. Every Sunday during the games, it's always fun. So if you want to join in and you're on Twitter at Three and Out Podcast One, um, official Twitter account for this um, for the Three and Out Podcast. But Amber, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Now we always we always end our shows. You know, any shows that I do, we always end with last words. Last words can be anything on your mind, anything you want to say to kind of close up the show. I'm gonna leave it in your hands. Any last words? Anything you want to say, any thoughts, anything, be anything, anything you want to say to close out the show. Wishing peace to all, nothing but peace. We need it. Amen to that. Peace, 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 peace and love to all those out there. Well said, well said, well said. You guys take care, be safe as always, and we will see you next time. Peace out.